0: Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. The 2022 ACB Virtual DC Leadership Meetings will be held Saturday, March 12th through Tuesday, March 15th. Registration is $20 for ACB members and $30 for non-members. ACB members were sent a discount code via email. If you are an ACB member and did not receive the discount code, please call the Minneapolis office at 612-332-3242. Registration closes March 9th. Visit acb.org for more information or register at HTTPS slash slash tinyurl.com slash 2022-DC-leadership-meetings. The American Council of Blind Lions, ACBL, is the affiliate that roars, and that's no lion. ACBL holds monthly conference calls and ACB convention events that help people who are blind or visually impaired become more involved in local Lions Clubs. Find out more, call 502-897-1472 or email lions.acb at gmail.com.
1: Welcome to Speaking Out for the Blind. I'm Brian McCallan. Design Boom reports that the Swiss startup called Biped has launched the world's first artificial intelligence or AI mobility copilot for the blind and visually impaired at this year's consumer electronics show in Las Vegas. The AI co-pilot also brings autonomous driving features to users. The device analyzes the environment to predict and find walking obstacles many seconds in advance. The device filters this pertinent information and warrants users through immersive 3D sounds via bone conduction headphones. Here to talk more about the co-pilot is BiPed CEO and co-founder, Mael Fabian. Hello, Brian. Glad to have you here today. Tell us about yourself and BiPed.
2: Yeah, um, so I'm I'm uh, based in Switzerland uh, in the city of Lausanne, and this is where the startup and, and the entire team is located right now. Um, we started Biped about a year back, and as you've highlighted, with the ambition of bringing the technologies of autonomous driving to um, to the environment understanding for blind and visually impaired people in the AI co pilot device. Um, I'm uh, from a economics background and then I transitioned to um AI I was doing a PhD in the, in machine learning which is where I learned most of the of most of what I what I know about um autonomous driving and autonomous robotics in general and uh, I dropped out of my PhD uh in December 2021 to focus uh, 100% on on biped
1: all right you and chief technology officer bruno volmer met at a hackathon in switzerland You were the expert on audio processing. Bruno was working on computer vision. When you guys started BIPED, you drew from your research and Bruno's drive to have a positive impact on people's lives each day. All that came together. How else were you both inspired to start this exciting project? I think we both had this
2: uh, common ambition to, you know, just uh, take the technologies we were learning about and bring them to a level where they were solving real practical problems so we want it to have a concrete impact and um and yeah and just being inspired by this entire tech for good uh movement we just thought there has to be ways we can use those you know the things we we love to do and uh and bring them into something that is uh actually useful and not for <laughs> some kind of uh some kind of a uh, dark research topic that, that pretty much no one's going to read about at some point, even though it's it's uh, some of them can be fascinating. But we, I think we we both had that common drive of wanting something to to be very concrete and impactful.
1: When You saw the blind and visually impaired just walking on the street every day. All of these experiences came together to help you and Bruno start Biped. We're going to talk about the device now. I understand that Biped is actually. Is also rather the new name of your AI co-pilot device, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So the company is named biped.ai. Um, that's also where our website is hosted, and okay. the the name of the the first uh, product we're we're putting out on the market in September is uh, Biped.
1: I see. So what does Biped look like, and how does the user wear the device?
2: So biped is is wearing a bit like a harness or a vest around the shoulders. So you have a a battery pack that goes behind the neck um, and uh, it's, it's very light to wear and very comfortable. And then you have two arms coming on the chest. So just around the neck Um, on the left, you're going to have uh, a computation unit. So this is where we run all the AI software to, to guide the person. And on the right, we have a set of uh, 3d cameras. So we have three 3D cameras. Um, they capture together a very wide um, field of view, and uh, we just, you know, made the entire device um, so that it's as discreet as possible. So it's entirely black. It goes as the last layer of anything you wear. It is rainproof, not waterproof yet. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll make it to, to that level at some point. But it's rainproof. Um, if you wear a hoodie or any or like a backpack, I mean, it still suits suits very well um and the kind of materials that we're choosing inside it's a bit of a metal structure so you can still bend it without breaking it uh, so that it really adapts to any any body shape um and the kind of materials that we use for the uh for the top layer are still there's still a couple of things we're iterating on but uh in general the, the part that is in contact with you is going to be memory foam and the contact that's uh the part that's uh, on the top of the device is going to be a rainproof material, but it's quite, uh, um, just quite uh, nice to touch.
1: Yeah. So it, it straps onto the visually impaired person's shoulders like a backpack with the 3D cameras to film the person's surroundings. How does the device analyze the user's environment and warn about those possible obstacles coming his or her way?
2: So the cameras are capturing a wide field of view and they use also an infrared sensor. So we have the information of your surroundings, whether we are like full daylight or uh, in the middle of the night. Um, Afterwards, the device is going to basically detect and predict the trajectories of all surrounding elements that are in the field of view a couple of seconds ahead. Um, And the, the elements I'm talking about can be um obstacles head level ground level holes for example but also any type of object that we embed in the device so that's going to be um, a couple of vehicle types so cars bus uh bicycle etc cetera, etc cetera. um urban furnitures for example um just like uh a bench um uh, dustbin um but also other people uh and uh, yeah, so a whole set of objects, there is around 20 classes of objects that we track, including crosswalks. Um, and the idea afterwards is that the device is able to filter the information that is relevant based on the trajectories of surrounding um, of those surrounding objects and warn you with uh, 3D sounds. So I'll, I'll come back to the 3D sounds later. Uh, it's, it's very intuitive to listen to. But for the part where when it comes to filtering the information, essentially what the device does is it's assigning a, a, a collision probability to each and every object, as well as a risk factor to each and every object. And then the whole system is filtering based on the, the speed of and the type of object and, and the trajectory, what is the, uh, how relevant is an object's to the person in, in the near surroundings. So it's if you're walking on the sidewalk, for example, and someone's walking at the same speed than you, a couple of meters ahead, essentially the device is not going to tell you about that person because there is virtually no risk of collision right now. Then if the person slows down and you're just uh, about to bump into that person, you'll you'll eventually hear about that person right in time. But it's it's really this kind of smart information filtering that we've tried to put together um, as well as a very good obstacle detector. It's also able to guide you uh, to um, doing turn-by-turn, turn, but I guess we can talk about that later, but doing turn-by-turn turn information to guide you from point A to point B, and essentially bringing all of this together in a in an intuitive way, and it generates a 3D audio feedback uh, to, to warn the user.
1: Well, why don't you tell us about that turn-by-turn turn real quick?
2: Yeah, sure. So the regarding the turn by turn, um, it's essentially there is a, a companion app that the users can um, can can use uh, um, while using the device, and they can just type their destination. Essentially, we're going to leverage the GPS of the smartphone to retrieve the information of um, the turn by turn um, information and correct it with the camera system that we have to make it as precise as possible, and we're going to provide. Through the same channel, so through the the same headphones you'll be using the rest of the time, we're going to provide turn by turn information. Um, but you know, directly, it's we're not doing much here except that we provide this this um, GPS layer of information and we correct it a bit um, and stream it through your headphones directly.
1: All right, let's talk more about the headphones. You were talking earlier about the 3D sounds transmitting through bone, these bone conduction headphones. What do those headphones look like? And what are some of the 3D sounds the users might hear?
2: So the 3D sounds, um, I'll just start with that. And then I'll touch on the headphones. But the 3D sounds are essentially sound libraries that we have developed with a um, uh, uh, sound designers from the from the gaming industry actually from ubisoft and the idea behind those sounds is that the you know the the obstacle sound is going for example to be a kind of small beep but it is quite gentle to listen to so it's more i mean it's here it gets very loud as as it gets closer to you and if there's like a direct risk of collision but it's not meant to be something that is annoying uh, when you listen to it for quite a quite a long time. Then there's a couple of sound uh, sets that one can can choose from. Some of them are a bit more realistic, so a bit closer to the sound a car would actually make uh, or the sound of a, that a bicycle would actually make. And others are um, really sounds that are inspired from the gaming. So you can think of these small audio cues when you animate a character, for example, or when a Ball is bouncing in some kind of of game. Um, so it's it's uh, we have these these two sets of sounds. Um, I would say, and um, you can virtually. I mean, you can you can go for the one you, you prefer and you feel the most comfortable with. And um, and the the bone conduction headphones are we we are partnering with a company named Aftershocks um, that produces those bone conduction headphones, and they essentially. Um, they're sitting around the ears, and they're vibrating um, just in front of the ears. Instead of vibrate, uh, instead of uh, just streaming the sounds inside of the ears. So the very good feature with that is actually that you can uh, still listen to your entire surroundings uh, without being bothered by what the sound, what like the biped sounds um, are are going to be.
1: Wait, so Ubisoft, the makers of Prince of Persia, worked with you on these sounds?
2: Oh, we are, we're working with guys that work at Ubisoft, but not directly with Ubisoft on this.
1: Okay, <laughs> all
2: right. Um, A couple of guys that worked on, on very, very nice games, uh, Splinter Cell and it's kind of uh, classic games. Uh, yeah.
1: There you go. Um, so, BiPed actually works with autonomous vehicles because the AI co-pilot weren't the blind and visually impaired users of objects that are coming close to them with collision risk. And BiPED also has a smart harness. How'd you all come up with this idea? It was
2: very iterative in the end. Uh, there was no no like a genius moment, <laughs> as I would have <laughs> liked that there was, because it would have saved me a lot of time. But uh, in the end, we started initially with the idea of the software we wanted to build. And it's something we tested. I mean, we drew sketches and we just went out and reached out to the Swiss Federation for the Blind and to the Ophthalmic Hospital here in, in Lausanne in Switzerland, and uh, we just collected uh, some feedback before starting to write even the first line of code. And we really focused on getting the software to run on, on the computer initially. And And quite quickly, we we thought about the kind of uh, form factor it could take. So it started with a belt. Uh, we had a simple camera uh, attached to a belt. and But the, the belt had many issues regarding the like, size of the battery we could embed, uh, the type of cameras we could put and like the orientation, making sure that it's looking straight in front and, and all this stuff. So um, we started then to do something that could, that would stra- uh, strap around the user, around the chest, um, a bit like a GoPro harness. Uh, but then, um, I mean, we stick to that for a while, uh, for a couple of months and uh, tested that. But it was always a hustle to, um, I mean, get someone to understand exactly how to tighten the thing, how to make sure the cameras are are looking in the right direction. And um, essentially, we converged to that harness format uh, because it's um, also something that is getting uh, very, I would say, popular nowadays in the um, in, in the gaming and the, in the VR industry, where there's these uh, haptic vests that one can wear that are also meant to be very uh, ergonomic in a sense. And we just took that idea from the gaming industry and thought, okay, there's like a way to have something that has no settings no no things to tighten to strap or anything just put it around and and it just seemed to to work fine and since uh since a couple of months we've been, we've been sticking to that and i think we found the the, the good form factor for uh, i mean based on the the feedback from the test we've been doing it looks like it's uh it's a good form factor for for pretty much anyone
1: And you wanted to make this not look like a medical device to the public, even though you're planning now that you premiered this thing at um, the Consumer Electronics Show in Vegas, just this year, you hope to have the device certified as a class one medical device, correct?
2: Absolutely, yeah. But it was really at the core of the thinking process, how to make of of this device's... Sigma free solution in a sense. And uh because we want it to be ourselves even though there is there's um there is no visually impaired person in the team, but we want it to be ourselves like the first users of our solution and and you know just feel totally comfortable wearing the device we're building in public, in public transportations, in crowded places. And and we didn't want it to attract like looks and and yeah, we just essentially wanted it to be to be to be very discreet, and I think we've really gotten to a point where we are like very happy to to test the device and and never feel bad about uh, putting it around, and it's really the the kind of, of state we want it to to get to.
1: What are some of the Copilot's additional features?
2: Um, so it's um, there's a couple of things in the pipeline um, that uh, that I can already tell you about. Um, essentially, since we have a camera based system virtually anything that is being done nowadays with a camera um, on a smartphone is something that we'll be able to do hands-free. So I'm talking about like text reading, recognizing faces, adding custom objects uh, for the detection, for example, but we're also thinking ahead of other um, kind of applications um, for, um, you know, other types of activities. um, For example, I mean, in the end, could be could be running at some point um, or hiking or um, so. Yeah, so we we are really trying to think ahead of, of you know where where is the technology that are, that is currently based on the cameras going and how can we embed these types of uh, of, uh, of applications in the future because we have the computation resources to do so and we have the cameras to do so.
1: Now the biped weighs less than nine hundred fifty grams. I looked it up and converted into pounds and it weighs about two pounds, fitted with just over a six-hour removable removable battery and a 170-degree field of view. You mentioned earlier how the device connects to the uh, smartphone's GPS. Can you elaborate a little bit more on that? Sure. Um,
2: So when you start the device so we have this companion app so the app is made and i'd like to highlight that um it's very easy to get to you know get started with biped because the the app is essentially made for that um there's a training program on it where we're going to like if you're you know from your living room you just start the training program you put in the headphones and you're going to we, we just start playing the sounds and it's going to teach you what is the sound? Um, what is this sound coming from the left? What is this sound coming from the right? To, it's going to teach you to differentiate those sounds um, very, uh, very easily and, and learn really this mapping between the objects and, and the sounds they create. Once this is done, you can just either start the device as is, and it's going to act as a very good obstacle detector and as an object uh, detector, so that it will filter the relevant information. But optionally. At the beginning of a a session when you start using the device you can just type in the destination and um, the device is going to automatically sync up with your smartphone's gps using the cameras understand where you're located in the street to have a more precise information and afterwards it's going to integrate the gps navigation information right into the audio environments that we generate already so it's just everything is optimized to make sure that there is no overlapping sounds. That it's not going to, for example, it's if it were about to to warn you about an obstacle, the obstacle remains more important to tell you about than um, the the right turn in the, in the, in a couple of a uh, couple of feet away. So it's it's really going to to fit in the kind of audio environment very well um, and, and very smoothly.
1: What have other people said about the device? Any testimonials? Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, actually, uh, lots of them um, based on the based on the tests we've been doing so far. We've been very happy with the feedback. It, most people highlighted the fact that the device was very intuitive to use, despite not having a lot of training initially. Uh, so, we, when we organize a test session, usually it's a um, thirty-five to forty minutes uh, test session, and the introduction lasts five to seven minutes. And after five to seven minutes, people already have the three D understanding of uh, of their surroundings. So they highlighted the fact that it it was very uh, intuitive to use um, and um, that they really appreciated the fact that it was a hands-free device also where you didn't have to point your phone at something and you can bit like, forget it. Um, Now we have uh, to be totally transparent. We have a couple of uh, upcoming tests from the month of May on um, until uh, I would say beginning, um, uh, beginning of September that are, Essentially, going to be dedicated to having longer tests uh, being done with users who use it really on a daily basis. So far, in the tests we've been doing were with a couple of recurrent users uh, plus uh, um, another um, uh, um, another set of of users who just wanted to test it once or twice. Um, but now we're going to really move to that that moment where people start using it on a daily basis, and we're we're very excited for the kind of feedback. And of course, there's going to be a uh, still a lot of a uh, lot of learning experience from, from that moment and uh, hopefully making it uh, as good as possible for the moment we launch.
1: When is that launch going to be? Um,
2: we will start um, selling it in Western Europe in uh, September 2022. Um, and in the US, we're hoping to go there as early as beginning 2023.
1: That won't be too long off. All right. Well, is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, yeah, maybe just a final word, if,
2: if um, um, anyone's interested in joining our beta testing program on our website, uh, we're organizing a couple of test sessions um, uh, across, um, uh, across the United States, across Western Europe. Um, so just uh, feel free to join our, our beta testing program on biped.ai. Uh, at the bottom of the website, there's the, the form to sign up. And uh, thank you very much for having me, and I'm very looking forward to uh, the the next steps and and to getting feedback also from uh, your listeners on this.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for coming on the show, Mile, and helping the blind navigate the world more easily. Thank you. Before we go, listeners, I welcome your comments on this program. Just visit and like me on Facebook at Speaking Out for the Blind or follow me on Twitter at Speak Out Blind or Speak Out for the Blind. You can also check out my website at speakingoutfortheblind.weekly.com. More information on today's show is posted there. Just look under the list of episodes and show news tab. And my show archive is at speaking out for uh co. That's all for this edition of Speaking Out for the Blind. Thanks for listening. And remember to speak out. Introducing Sunday Edition with Anthony a
2: weekly magazine show featuring the movers and shakers of our beloved organization, topics and news that affect us all, some great roundtable discussions, and, of course, a lot of fun. So join me every Sunday at 1 p.m. on ACB Radio Mainstream for Sunday Edition.
0: You are listening to ACB Media 1 also known as Mainstream, the flagship of the ACB Media Network. The ACB Media Network is a service of the American Council of the Blind. Please visit us at acbradio.org.